Buyers, and this is Successful Associations Today. My guests are Paul Weintraub and Shelly Trent. Paul is the president of Fridays at Four. Shelly is the president-elect. And I know very little about the organization, and that's exactly why I asked Paul and Shelly to join me because it piqued my interest. So, Paul, why don't you start by telling us how Fridays at Four came into being and exactly what it is? So we started in the ASA 2020 uh, virtual conference where I attended along with many of my association colleagues. And due to the current environment, many of us found ourselves in the career center during the conference. And we participated in the Career Center chat, uh, which was great, great topics, great sessions in the Career Center, you know, from resume writing to how to develop a strong LinkedIn profile, uh, any, all these tools and skills that were, that were being delivered at the conference. Because uh, we wanted, you know, they were looking to help the individuals during the current times. So during that chat, I noticed that some of the individuals were starting to exchange their LinkedIn profiles. They were looking for a way to stay connected post-conference. And, and I just thought about it for a minute, and I said to myself, I know how to do this. So I went on LinkedIn, and I created the Association Executives Career Strategy Networking Group. So that's a very long name, right, if you will. But I created this group. I went back into the chat and I posted a link to that group in the Career Center chat. Lovely. And invited everybody that was there to stay in with us so they could participate post-conference. We started, we had our first session two weeks after the ASAE conference. Uh, and we took it all the way to form the association. We fast forward today to today, we have on average, somewhere between 30 and 40 association professionals that participate in our Friday meetings. I love that. And it's like it, it was an idea whose, whose timing was perfect, but I love it when an idea like that takes on a life of its own. And it, it seems a little bit like this might have been what happened. There was some energy around the idea, energy around being connected. Um, Shelly, I know your initial focus was serving the career needs of association and non profit professionals. Has this focus remained or has it broadened or changed in some ways since that initial meeting? Yeah, well, we started the group by helping those association colleagues that we met in the chat um, with their job searches through sessions on things like interviewing, resume writing, building your LinkedIn profile. So we started off with that and we created this virtual space where they could connect with each other because that seems like what everybody really wanted by visiting this career center for ASAE at the conference. So they just wanted a way to connect with other people since it's so hard to do right now. We have now broadened it from being sort of a job search focused group to offering leadership development sessions uh, that go beyond that job search tip type of thing. Um, and we hope to soon be able to offer CAE recertification credits for programs that we hold that meet the criteria that kind of go with the CAE body of knowledge. And um, we've been talking to ASAE about that. So we hope that's something we'll be able to do soon. So our original focus has remained because we do still provide job search help. 
and programming. And that's our competitive advantage. And falling in line with our mission and vision, we are really focused on serving the individuals through three pillars. First is peer support. Um, We capitalize on peers helping one another. And so, of course, one way to sharpen your skills as a professional is and as a leader is by helping other people, sort of mentoring them. So we have a lot of people who've um, sort of connected in that way and they're they're meeting offline they're you know they're working with each other as peer support the second one is expertise infused learning and we have invited uh, experts in topics uh, that are for educational programming on things like uh, trends in careers professional development performance improvement those types of things So Fridays at four is not just for job seekers looking for their next opportunity. It's also very much for those looking to improve professionally and develop or, you know, work in their current roles to be a better leader. And the third pillar is our virtual network. COVID, as we all know, has had a dramatic impact on the world and how people connect. And through Fridays at Four, we have helped professionals make those connections that are so needed right now to enhance their professional networks virtually. It's the first, um, well, it's it's the 100% virtual network or format that has allowed us at Fridays at Four to take off and attract members from across, sorry, across the country and even around the world. We have some people on our mailing list from other countries, um, but it's helped us to do this quickly. So, talking about meeting, uh, I know that you meet weekly. And you you kind of touched on some of the things that happen when you gather, but give me an idea. If I were to join you uh, on a Friday, what what does that look like? Um, we open every Friday for informal networking time at three forty five Eastern time, um, and again that's every Friday, unless it's holiday weekend. Sometimes we skip those, but it's typically every Friday. Most participants come in early to chat and catch up with each other because, you know, they've made friends. This is sort of their, their wind down from the week meeting. And we start at four. Uh, We have a speaker for 30 to 40 minutes after Paul's opening announcements at four. And his remarks, of course, always include sincere thanks to our founding sponsor, ASAE Career HQ. Throughout the program, the chat box is constantly in use. Um, People are exchanging their LinkedIn addresses. They're making new connections. They're sharing their contact information, sharing information about job postings they've seen, letting us know, I had an interview yesterday or I got an offer. So it's just so exciting to see all the activity in the chat box. And our group is really talkative, expressive, inquisitive, So we always try to have about 20 minutes after the speaker finishes for open discussion, or sometimes we have uh, breakout rooms for a deeper dive on the topic. So uh, last week we talked about emotional intelligence and we went into breakout groups of three or four so we could have smaller breakouts to talk about what we learned from the program. So this is a way we keep people connected. And of course, it's not always time with the speaker. Sometimes we do have open networking. We've had a book discussion. Um, So it's a little different. You know, we try to mix it up a little bit. And, you know, sometimes we have the professional development topics and sometimes we have the career specific job search um, types of topics. And we do post the recordings of our sessions on our website for people who miss them. 
And so you asked about um, how you get involved. If you go to fridaysat4.org, you can sign up. It's free to be a member. And, and Paul's going to talk about that in a minute. But all you have to do is join. It's free and you'll start getting our information. So um, since last September, we've already hosted over 20 programs. And we're finding that our highest attended sessions are leadership development topics that are for mid to mid-level to senior executives who are looking to keep their skills up to date their, and maybe take their careers to the next level. But the programs are also very appropriate for aspiring younger professionals who are creating a path for themselves in the association world. It's a great way for them to connect with more seasoned association executives. We've been kind of talking about whether we want to have a mentor program. Uh, so that's something on our strategic plan wish list. Uh, we pride ourselves on being a diverse and inclusive organization that welcomes people of all backgrounds and all stages of their careers. I love the fact that you are focused on mixing it up, that there is something for everyone that it can be all ages and career stages. Uh, I especially appreciate the inclusiveness, the welcoming nature uh, that you provide for the organization and the fact that that's something that you aspire to. Uh, Paul, I'm curious, as a newer organization, you were able to consider some of the trends happening in the association space uh, be because you are an outgrowth, actually, of what ha has happened worldwide uh, from the pandemic. So what specifically, if anything, did you consider when you decided to become a formal group rather than a, a, a loosely knit informal group? So, so many considerations and so many trends to follow up on and, and to what were we going to bring to the table? How are we going to do it? Especially when the leadership team got together. We funded this out of our pockets initially. And some of us are unemployed. So you got to think about what we we're doing, but we did it not, we almost felt an obligation. We had to do this. The timing was right. We had to do it. And one of the greatest things uh, throughout my career is that I've always wanted to do is have the ability to give back and help others excel in their careers. So that's where it came from. But so when we're evaluating the trends and during one of our early meetings, and you can ask Shelly this because I'm sure she'll confirm, I brought up your book, Mary, The Race for Relevance. I said, you know, I read this book and some of the things that we want to do, considering that we are going to be a fully virtual organization. Now, mind you, we all know each other, but not a single one of us has ever met the other in person. So we are fully virtual. Uh, we had to come up with a way to form a fully virtual organization. We wanted it to be flexible. We wanted it to be nimble because we realized that what we're putting in place today has to be able to grow over time. One of the takeaways I got from your book is that in order to have flexibility and be nimble, you need to have a small board. So we have a very small board. We're only five people. And the other thing that resonated with me is when you're searching for board members, I know what my skill set is. I know what Skilly, what Shelly's skill set is. I know what Heather's skill set is. I know what everybody's skill set on the board. We're all complementary. There's not any redundancy on the skill set on the board. So we look for, for skill set. You know, Shelly and I started as the co-founders. We said, 
okay, Shelley, I come up with crazy ideas and I can be a visionary. You're really deep into the into programming and this is your expertise. What do we need? We need somebody for operations. We need somebody for the finances. We need somebody for the website. And we talk to people to fill those roles. And now that we're that we're going and we're recruiting volunteers, because as a board, we can't be the the be all and the end all to everything that's going on. We need other volunteers to help us. We recruit volunteers with certain skill sets, depending on what growth areas we need. We one of the things we felt was very important was a newsletter. So we have a weekly newsletter and we recruited a person that we could just turn over 100% of the responsibility to the newsletter and let her run with it. And she's doing an outstanding job. Uh, that's Amy Stalzer. She does an outstanding job with the newsletter. Uh, so, you know, we look at what all those volunteers do and what they do. And so those are one of the things is we wanted to form a nimble organization that could be flexible and could make the changes as it needed to grow. And we took it from, when we were only around 50 people, we were one way. And we've already started to see the growth. As we're getting now, and we crossed the threshold of 200 members. We're seeing a change in the dynamic. We're seeing a need to expand the programming. People want more. And we know that when we get to 500 members, we're going to change. So we're looking at how are we going to incorporate all of that into our strategic plan and, and how we're going to grow the, grow the association. So, uh, Paul, thank you for the nod to my book. I appreciate that. You actually touched on something uh, that we are uh, so gratified, but a 10th anniversary edition is coming out in the spring. And of course, we had to include COVID. And we also had the opportunity to look at what we've learned from associations over the last decade. But you mentioned that piece about being nimble, the importance of a strategic plan, so kudos to you because I have some associations I work with that are decades old or 100 years old that are just now doing their first uh, strategic plan. But also this whole idea of life cycle and where you are. You know that you were a group at 50. You look a little different at 100. And you've already acknowledged that 500 are going to look different as well too. So I think the life cycle of an association and who you are and you are the founders are involved in your organization now, you're volunteer driven now, that very well could change in the future. And that's part of the history and the life cycle. You know, most associations start with a founding base and then, then as they grow, they change. So I appreciate the fact that you've sort of baked that in to your philosophy. And as you're looking at your future focus, you are ready to evolve and you expect to evolve. I think that speaks very highly of the, the team that is driving your organization at, at this point. Um, we, we talked about how to get involved. And if I'm not mistaken, you don't officially have dues, um, but, but maybe there are some expectations or some suggestions. So what made you decide to go this route and what, what does it look like? We stated that we wanted, early on in our meetings, we wanted to form something that would be attractive to people during challenging times. So the board came up with an idea for, um, for a membership model that is based on a free membership model. It's a, call it associate membership. 
we didn't want people to feel that they had to pay dues to get benefits. As many of us are in the organization, since we provide peer support or senior association leaders. So we want to be able to give back to the other generations and help people along, especially when they're in a time of need. Now, it's funny we talk about that because about half of our members are employed. So we look at the ones, they still have the membership, the free membership model. They still come, they still participate, they give back, they help other people. And we want people to make donations based on the value that they are getting out of the association. We have had, we've had many donors surprise us with the amounts. We've had repeat donations that come in uh, from some individuals. And we also know that those that may be in a need today and not be able to afford it, because let's face it, if you don't have an income, you can't, you look to where you can get resources, but not have to pay for those resources. And then hopefully those people, when they get other opportunities down the line, will give back to us. Now, that's not to say that we aren't exploring currently in our strategic planning process, dues-based and non-dues-based revenue opportunities. So we are looking at both of those, and we do realize that for the long-term sustainability of the organization, we're going to have to change. And we already know what our finances are now. We know what our finances need to be, and we're going to put those things in place. So we will always keep free membership model at our core, and we'll look and see how we can expand that membership model to a dues-based model for, for other people. Uh, we will also look at other non-dues-based opportunities. So Shelly mentioned it earlier, and ASA Career HQ is our founding sponsor, but that doesn't mean that they are our only sponsor. So we are entertaining other sponsorship opportunities. We may grow and do some advertising on our website. So we have other things that are exploring, and we, we're, we're confident that Fridays at 4 will be around for a long term. And we're not, when we say Fridays at 4, one of the things that we've already evolved to is, yes, our programming is Fridays at 4 o'clock. However, as we expand programming, this programming will take place at other times. Could be on Tuesdays, could be on Saturdays. So we're going that Fridays at four is a state of mind. Love it. We realize that most people, when the weekend comes up on us, we're open. We want to network. We want to talk to other people. We want to engage. And then we want to go away and have a great weekend with the family. So we Fridays at four is not only our core programming, but it is a state of mind of our members. So I think it's so interesting as we talk here, we're not just talking about your organization and what you do and what your future looks like. You're really a microcosm of what association professionals do in that associations start. We have association professionals that help them grow and develop and provide value for members. And you're going through the same life cycle and the same questions. And as you look at creating value and revenue sources, which for many associations have become strained over the last year, even in your infancy, you are looking at some of those those tough questions, frankly, those strategy questions that associations that have been around much longer. So similarities, even though you're you're still an infant, technically in the association, but it sounds to me like you're growing up really quickly and adolescence is uh, just around the corner for you. As we wrap up here, Shelly, 
you touched on the answer to this earlier, but what are some of the surprising or gratifying things that have happened since you organized? I heard you say that from week to week, people will come and they'll say they got an offer. And I'm guessing that those are some of the most gratifying moments when when somebody finds a new opportunity, they're excited about a new opportunity, but maybe something that's surprising that's happened. Yeah, well, there have been lots of those. Before I finish answering that question, though, I did want to say, because we were just talking about strategy and Paul talked about um donors and sponsors and we've been really lucky because we did want a strategic plan that francisco gomez of factum global sponsor i guess he did our strategic planning for free as a volunteer to help us get our strategic plan going and so i wanted to say thanks to factum global and francisco for helping us do our strategic plan with an in-kind donation of his time wonderful so you know that was a surprise um so first, the speed of growth, um, like I said, from like 13 members in August to 200 now, which seems pretty quick. Uh, so the speed of growth and that positive change that we've had just, you know, in the past few months has been really rewarding to say our idea is working. People really want people really like us. Right. Like Sally Field said, we started out, like I said, with 13, 15 people. And in six months, over 200. And I think it was last week, Paul said we had 24 new members in a week. So it could be quick that we get to 500, maybe in just another six months, who knows? And as he said, our board was originally four people. Now it's five. We've had regular participation from quite a few members uh, who, like he said, have become volunteers for us. They're helping us drive growth. They're helping us diversify our membership, plan for our future, et cetera, um, communicate effectively with other members. So we're growing we're growing the membership and the volunteer base. And the more we get people involved, uh, the better it is for everyone because we want voices to be heard. We want needs to be met and the kindness and willingness of people to help us in our mission has been wonderful from the experts who provide us with learning opportunities every Friday for free uh, to the volunteers who contribute their time to help us grow and to the members who have sent us donations um, sometimes when they probably couldn't afford it. Um, since our founding, we've seen, uh, this is to me the best surprise, since our founding, we've seen um, the attitude of some of our members change, um, the belief in themselves. So we've we've had some who started out kind of down and, you know, the, there's a pandemic, people felt alone, they were discouraged by being let go, the, the job market is you know, for a few months last year, at least it was just going nowhere. So they were depressed. They were down. They were frustrated. They were sad, um, discouraged. But now through Fridays at four, making these connections with their new friends in the association world, um, they have, you know, made a turnaround. Some of them have shared their story with us that this group has meant so much to help them feel valued again and to um, feel that they can they can get a new job, they can see their next adventure. So, you know, it's turned around their their belief in themselves, which, you know, as for me as a career coach, that's the thing we thrive on. And so you also asked about surprises. So I want to also highlight a nice surprise that happened in December. Uh, one of our more memorable sessions uh, was in the middle of December. 
right before we closed out for the holidays. And we had Pam Green and Vic Kapoor, who are both ASAE coaches. They shared their insights on working with a coach. And when they opened up the session, we had no idea this was going to happen. But they said, we're both going to make a donation to Fridays at four. And we are going to give free copies of our books to anyone who donates $25 or more to Fridays at four before the end of the year. So, wow, what a surprise that was. It was, you know, helpful to our growth. It kind of made us feel like we can start in 2021 with, you know, such a great uh, set of donations at the closing out the end of the year. Um, so, you know, it helps us continue our programs and gives us a really positive outlook for what's to come. I love happy stories like that. And, uh, you know, it, it reminds me as I'm listening to you, I, I, I have thought often of barn raisings and how farmers helped each other uh, and still do, frankly, in the past. And this is sort of like a virtual barn raising that you're you're coming together, you're lifting each other up, you're supporting each other, you're creating a network, you're creating a safe space, uh, quite honestly, to talk about uh, frustrations and disappointments and worries. And so I think that's probably where some of your momentum is coming is that that desire to help. And, and really, isn't that the backbone of associations that we want to help people grow, we want to help them be better at what they do. We want to help them be successful. I have enjoyed talking to both of you immensely. And I love the idea that Fridays at four isn't just a time, isn't just a meeting time, but it's also a state of mind. So those of you who are listening, look up Fridays at four, we will include something in the show notes, we'll include a link to the website. It sounds like a cool place to be. And I'm happy that Shelly and Paul were able to join me here today to let us know more about it. This is Mary Byers and Successful Associations Today. 